protest and growing national outcries continues over the death of George Floyd. Last night, people protesting in Minneapolis escalated as demonstrators were lashed by tear gas and rubber bullets. They want to see those officers involved. They want to see those officers arrested. Officers arrested. Arrest, arrest, arrest. Trade my phone by the for GC3, ain't no more freeless speed. I gave him chance, a chance, a chance again. I even told him please. I find it crazy the police to shoot you and know that you did, but still tell you to freeze. Nobody seen what I seen. I guess that mean hold him down if he say he can't breathe. It's too many mothers just grieving. They're killing us for no reason. Been going on for too long to get even. Throw us in cages like dogs and hyenas. I went to court and they sent me to prison. My mama was crushed when they said I can't leave. First I was drunk, then I sobered up quick when I heard all that time that they gave it to I He got a license in his plus. We just some products of our environment. How the f they gon' blame us? You can't fight fire with fire, I know, but at least we can turn off the flames on. Every color person ain't dumb. And all whites not racist. I be judging by the mind and heart. I ain't really in the face. So the way that we live in is not getting better. You gotta know how to survive. Crazy, I had all of my, all of my loved ones to carry a gun on going outside. Stay in the mirror whenever you drive. Overprotect crazy, crazy for mine. You gotta pay attention to the sign. Seem like the blind following the blind. Think about everything that's going on. conversation quite the week in work and accomplishments so go ahead and give yourself a round of applause or a pat on the back if you made it through this week and if you are here you made it so cheers happy friday cheers cheers happy friday it's shot o'clock <laughs> shot o'clock 
Got a clock. All right. So my name is Vive and I am Posh. And we are Vive Talks Podcast. And we also have very special guest host by the name of Go ahead. Yes, it's your boy DJ Zo Crazy, Mr. Go Crazy himself. Always in the vibes. Happy to be here for another episode. Hey, how you doing? This is Mr. Mark with Men of Determination. Uh, happy Friday, everyone. Friday. I just want to take this moment again to one more time welcome everybody. Thank you all for joining. It's going to be quite the conversation today. I feel like all of the topics that we got for today's show, I got in the last two days. I feel like in the last two days, everything happened. We're here. I'm glad everybody's safe. I hope everybody is COVID healthy. Let's get started. First thing is, of course, my 1011 rule, which is the only protocol that we have here as speakers. If the conversation gets too heated and we need to take things down a notch or two, we'll say 1011. The first time is free. If we have to say 1011 again, back to back, each time after the first time, it will come cost a dollar for the person or persons still speaking. The funds do go to our nonprofit organizations, Impulse, it goes to Men of Determination, as you can see. We are paying our college student DJ who is here with us and he doesn't charge us but we are giving him some of these funds as well. College isn't free and it ain't (laughs) (laughs) And knowledge is power, so get as much as you can. With that being said, let's go ahead and get started with these current T-events. Does anybody want to start first? Actually, I don't even want to do Red Table Talks. Red Table Talks is old news. I'm over it. If anybody wants to say something real quick about that, you have the floor. I think we tackled that the last conversation. Yeah, did she already sit down at the table already in our last conversation? No, she didn't. We spoke about anticipating the sit down, but she actually did sit down. And, you know, there was a lot of memes going on. Like I said before, it's none of my business, but from our last awards, Royal in our own fashion, I do uh, appreciate their communication skills. I mean, that's the only thing that I can really sit down and pull the positivity out of that conversation that they had was their communication skills are awesome. That's all I have to say about that red table talk. The only thing I can remember, there was a lot of things said. There was a lot of conversation had. It wasn't even that long of a a show, and it, it was actually their most popular. But the thing that I took away that I thought was ironically funny and is kind of sick humor is at the end when they're like, we ride together, we die together. Bad marriage for life. So... <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was marriage for life. Yeah, that was that's crazy. a hashtag. <laughs> I would say one thing I've seen on the internet that I kind of agree with is that everyone was like, if Will was like talking about he was having relations with women younger than him just so that he could heal them, then he would be considered a predator. So that was something I, I agree with a little bit. I th- I mean, double standards aren't every conversation, but I reckon I recognize that double standard definitely. There was actually another point of view in this whole situation pointing that 
Jada in the position that she is in, having the money, you know, being Jada Pinkett Smith, that she was actually the predator, you know, preying on August in his vulnerable moment. And no one really is actually, you know, the internet is not really seeing it that way. So people in power, people with money, they have a different type of power. And I believe in some sort of way it played in that situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> Oh no, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with your opinion. I'm just over the whole red table talk. At the end of the day, it's their marriage. They're making it work. They make it work for themselves and family. So moving on, y'all heard who shot Megan the Stallion, right? Everybody knows who shot Megan yeah. the Stallion. I mean, I heard. heard. Yeah. I don't I don't know who who did. I thought it was an accident. Give our viewers a, a little background. So I sent you guys the article. Does anybody have their phone available to read the article? Allegedly, I can sum it up for you if you want me to. I mean, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Like, nobody really knows what happened. So the only things that have been said is, like, there was somewhat of an argument. And it was Megan Thee Stallion and one of her homegirls. And the argument escalated to Tory Lanez uh, pulling out a gun. And Megan Thee Stallion, I think she got shot twice in the foot. But, I mean, um, in the video, like, there's a video on TMZ. And you can see, like, her her foot or feet are bleeding on the pavement. So, um, she definitely has some some uh, feet injuries. You might need to go to the podiatrist. I know I know a good podiatrist out here. You know what I'm saying. But um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But nobody knows exactly. And um, a lot of people are saying that witnesses aren't going to collaborate. So they'll be surprised if charges get pressed or anything like that. So my little summary, because you know I did, did a little digging. They were at Kylie Jenner Jenner's house at a pool party, and Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> get out of the car and like the memes have been going around Tory Lanez apparently was having little and had a whole because him and Megan Stallion are dating I have no idea such is so proper yeah there's there's nothing they couldn't be coming from like the grocery store or like church right they have to be coming from the Kardashian household they couldn't just stay home it's corona what are we doing going to a a party what type of example are you setting for the media and then on top of this gun violence now you're getting shot in the foot and you're supposed to be held at a high you know what i mean it's just a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of just unfortunate yeah but i watched the video of them getting arrested and i just want to say totally Respectful. The girl had on a whole two-piece bathing suit, had to lay down on the ground, spread her legs mm-hmm. open with her back towards the police. So mm-hmm. I just felt all types of violated. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know if you guys seen the video. You already know how I feel about the whole rap game, you know, the fake on top of fake. Like, come on, have y'all seen Tory Lane's house? Like, mm-hmm. give me, give me, give me the details as to why Tory Lane's had a gun, why Tory Lane's had to pull out a gun because he was in an argument with a female. I mean, I just smell a whole lot of wankster lately when it comes to hip hop music. I feel like people are doing stuff because they drop themselves songs because they drop an album. The fact that your story started off with they were leaving the Kardashian household. Yeah. Um, they lost me. They lost me already. <clears throat> Prime example, you got you got Kanye West for 2020 just just to boost his song sales up a little bit. Yeah. But um uh, 
you know. Yeah, with the other I, Kardashian dude on the song too. Don't forget Travis was right. Baby <laughs> Daddy number six. <laughs> Baby Daddy number six was on the song for the Kardashian family. Later we're gonna be talking about, you know, being pro-black. Isn't it interesting that one of the most powerful pro-black families is the Kardashians who just basically run through black men? But I'm gonna go ahead and leave that cup of tea off to the side since that's not the conversation mm. today. Mm. But um, <clears throat> you know, go ahead, I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> and secondly, about your your Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez question, if they're a couple, on my Insta Live, they're saying that they're just quarantine buddies. So they've been hanging out in the quarantine. I don't know what that nah, is. May, may be getting a little messy because we didn't forget yeah. about G-Eazy. We didn't forget about G-Eazy that one night. There was kissing all the G-Eazy, <laughs> French Montana, like, yo. She got the knees, okay? Clearly. She she's young knees. and hot. She, I she guess needs she gets to cool a pass down. because she's a female rapper. No, she doesn't get a pass. I mean, that's me. a rap. No, but everybody bounces around the rap. She's not in a committed relationship, so there's no standards. She's the Taylor Swift of the rap game. Possibly. <laughs> she's going to run through every rapper she can. You were saying something that Captain Hook. The story up to my mind, Joelle. You were saying about these wanksters like Tory Lanez. I have to share this short story that happened to me. I shared it on Twitter this morning, and I'm going to share it with y'all now. This weekend, I was driving on Pembroke Road, and when you go up the hill, it doesn't accelerate the way everybody else's car might. Or maybe I just didn't step on the gas the way the person behind me wanted me to. But the car, the person in the passenger seat, not even the driver, okay? The person in the passenger seat got so upset with me for me telling them to go the around. You know, I have road rage. Sorry, my name is Vanessa, and I have road rage with my windows up. Okay, so I gestured with my hands to go the around, right? And the whole lane was empty. So he speeds up. The girl, the girl is driving. It's a male in the passenger seat. She speeds up, and the guy throws a full cup of drink at my car while we're driving. Like totally disrespectful. I immediately took my camera out to record it. I was scared. He got out of the car. I put my windows up. I locked the doors and I recorded it. Oh, I... black people on record. What? And he was a... <laughs> it was like the only way that I had to protect myself. Like I didn't know what else to do. Recording I... is the new thing. Yeah, beware Take out your phone and record. and record. Karen, beware. Yes. Karen and Kevin. Molly, be careful. But he was black. He wasn't white. He was black. He looked like he had a really bad day. Honestly, not to judge because I'm trying to protect my karma. He kind of looked like he beats his girlfriend. I don't know. Because look what he did to me by myself in the what car. Makes, hold on. What makes a guy look like that they beat their girlfriend? A guy that puts himself out of the window to throw a cup <laughs> at herself in the car. Okay. And no, not only but, you missed you missed the biggest part of this video that I when I saw it when she presented it to me she pulled when she was recording she was pulling up to the car after her car was shattered I mean showered with soda mm -hmm. okay so milky soda on the window screen and everything 
<laughs> okay. And she pulled up and the guy pulled down, I guess the window was still pulled down. So he came out of the window and made a shooting signal, like a gun signal as in, I'm going to shoot you. Well, I recorded the whole thing and I put it on social media. So if y'all know him, if y'all find him, tell him karma's coming because I'm not. Black people in 2020 recording yeah, I'm telling you, recording everything. Strap, he, he even jumped out the car and tried to record her license plate like she did something. Listen, you better get the strap. Stop playing. That's I'm saying. That's crazy because, well, I know we about to get on the Nick Cannon, but when I was watching TMZ, they had the Harvard professor, the black guy. He looks like a black Einstein. He's always on TV. I don't know his name, though. But the guy on TMZ was like, he was like, I'm scared that, like, we're about to have a real race war. Like, people are going to be out trying to shoot each other kind of crazy stuff. And that what you said just made me think about that. It's just things are getting crazier and crazier every day. You know, I had a conversation with I Am Vivace about this maybe two days ago that, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, the line of racism was very dim it was there it was present but it was very dim now that everything is going on and black lives matter and the karens and the kevins and pull your phone out the the that racism line is so bright and apparent for me every time i come across someone that is the first thing in my mind i'm thinking like not trying to act you know a discriminating act or anything like that but in my mind it automatically pops up like what if they're racist what you know like it's to the point where it's more of an anxiety that i'm having when i see people outside it's crazy and I don't want to take away from the movement or anything like that, but God is, he has his own ways of doing I, things, but I just don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how it's going to, to leave. I don't know how I'm going to get rid of that anxiety when I, think, I see people. I think that the uncomfortability is necessary. Um, being a person who's always grown up feeling like being the minority, I like that people are having to deal with their uncomfortability. You know, even in America for so long, we were trying to use words like African-American and Caucasian. I love in this moment, we calling it what it is. We're black, you're white, white people need to stand up. White people need to talk to other white people. White people are reading a book called White Fragility. I like that all these words have come into play. And I think you described it very well. It, there is a line that's always been there or what, you know, if we want to call it a light or whatever, and you're right, it's much more exposed. Like we're addressing the cop, the, the fact that a lot of cops are just aggressive. You know, the last video I saw from this week, it's not that the cop is beating the guy up or nothing like that. What I don't like, and I, what I hope other people are seeing is, I don't think police officers need to be talking to human beings like that, like all in the dude's face, telling him he's gonna beat his ass. You got five seconds. I like that that is being revealed. That that people are recording. Microaggression is, is another word that lately is being spoken about. You know, that underlying vibe, that underlying like, oh, you wow, you made it into Harvard, or oh, you probably got here through affirmative action, or you know, all that. I love that that is being addressed right now in society. And I know we're gonna to touch on the Nick Cannon thing too, but I think this is also causing us to be uncomfortable and talk about other truths. Like today I sent Vive a meme that basically shared the fact that in actuality, I don't wanna say there are no white people in the Bible, but the people of the Bible are people of color. And it is so amazing that in America, we really struggle with grasping with that. Like people are actually canceled because that's something else I'm hoping we talk about culture can't uh, can cancel culture in 
the black community. Black people just love this whole like, let's cancel this person because they said something we don't we don't like, or Kanye West was wearing a Trump hat, so on and so forth. But I'll leave it right there for right now. Mm, Kanye West. Candace Owens. Okay. That's a bowl in itself. That's a that's a bowl. Kanye West. 10, 11. I said it twice. <laughs> <laughs> don't get charged we won't <laughs> well, you can get charged just for saying the name candace owens see that's what i'm talking about in here see culture mm-hmm. cancel culture around here right <clears throat> they trying to cancel kanye too don't cancel my brother <laughs> kanye said y'all want the calm yay y'all don't want we don't want, want the calm yay cash out a dollar to the global thank you very all right much. we charge yes you're charged so before we go to nick cannon okay i just want to send my prayers and love to tamar braxton who was a, was hospitalized they said that she attempted suicide i'm just praying for her mental health for her stability in this time i hear there's a lot of go- a lot of things going on in the hollywood world that you know we're not aware of but i do pray for mental state for everybody mental stability for everybody that's really one of my concerns and i only say that because when we talk about nick cannon he yesterday tweeted something like you know goodbye earth after his whole message about um the black community turning his back turning their back on him and right i'm off to another planet you know he said y'all can have this planet i'm out exactly he said i heard an entire bye bye earthlings Mm -hmm. i heard an entire community and it pained me to my core i thought it couldn't get any worse then i watched my own community turn on me and call me for apologizing good night enjoy earth yeah your community your your what's different about your community and that community that other community is always going to stand together and have your black ass apologizing. Oh, I'll go ahead and pay a dollar for that. <laughs> but meanwhile, you want to know who black people going to want to be apologizing all up and down, getting on their knees? They're going to want other black people to be apologizing to them. But we never stand together and be forcing other people, boycotting other people when the time is necessary. NFL, oh, go ahead and have a seat. Mm-hmm. I watch The View like almost every day, and it's amazing to me how Whoopi Goldberg, African-American, and Sonny, you know, she's a lawyer um you know she's half black half latina but these people will go all up and down with the me too movement cancel this person this person needs owes an apology so on and so forth but i tell you no lie i have seen them have 50 cent as a guest like two three times whenever they have 50 cent on there as a guest they never address all the hate that i see 50 cent get involved in on instagram you know what he's done to job rules career so on and so forth and i find that often that it seems like we pick and choose you know, you guys were just talking about Jada. That's that's a whole nother example right there. We pick and choose the people that we want to support and then we'll jump on some other people for doing the very same thing, whether it's Nicki Minaj. That was another person at one point I felt like because of Meek Mill, everyone was trying to drive her career down into the ground. Heck, Meek Mill could really be looked at as another one. Drake, you name it. About 50, like I feel like nobody puts him in his place. It's almost like he's untouched because he says and does a lot of outlandish and disrespectful things to the culture and to the people and especially to women. And I don't see other black men standing in and correcting him and putting him in his place. So that's a little weird. I think they're scared of him for 
whatever reason. Absolutely. But Snoop Dogg, we wanted Snoop Dogg to go on red table talk and shed a tear because in the Kobe moment, he was using the B word. That's a great example, Yuri. Well, I think 50 Cent is kind of, I mean, not lyrically or professionally on the level of like Kanye West because people believe that 50 Cent is like calculating his beefs. In addition to 48 Laws of Power, and um, please correct me if I'm wrong, which was written with by Robert Greene with 50 Cent and mm -hmm. Italy is like a breakdown of how 50 Cent thinks as far as becoming a successful mind, be becoming a successful conglomerate in his business. And he breaks that down in the book. I've never read the book personally, so I can't quote it. I just know that 48 Laws of Power was a book that <laughs> telling you, you know, how to maneuver and control powers that you can control. And the 50th law was like 50 cents addition to the 48 powers of um, 48. So that would, that would have to be something about a dog eat dog world. Like you can make it in the world by bullying others. I'm talking about when he was getting into it with Money Mayweather and he's talking about the fact that Money Mayweather can't spell, can't complete sentences. I can't remember the time he was talking about somebody's child. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a grown man with children himself. And I know I keep going back to Ja Rule, but it's because I literally was from Miami where Ja Rule was king. And this dude has literally, like, if you want to talk about someone who should be suicidal <laughs> off of their career being, you know, turned in blank, Ja Rule, like this dude has been attacking Ja Rule for like the past 20 years, has destroyed Murder, Inc. And I'm telling you, we'll sit up on The View as a guest host with, with Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny. And they won't say, they don't ask him any questions about, as you're saying, someone who is basically promoting their own career off of destroying the careers of others. All right, so we're gonna get into this Nick Cannon topic. Somebody feel free to jump in and sum it up for me. I mean, long story short, I think I think the big issue here was that he pretty much said white people are savages because if you go back into biblical time, I guess, people of color were the chosen people and they were the people who, who you know, originally when civilization started, colored people were the ones that, that really got all of the goodness so it comes from their nature to be like jealous and ultimately making them savages that's what i took from the video feel free to correct me. that's pretty much what he said so the reason they said it's anti i wanted to see if you would explain why it was an anti-semitic okay. statement so, yeah i would say i have no clue and i still don't have a clue so feel <laughs> free to enlighten me so the reason that they said that it was anti-semitic is because he basically called us the true Hebrews, the true Jews, and he called white people savages. And the reason why it was anti-Semitic is because the Jewish people took offense to being, in my opinion, and I quote me, the Jewish people took offense to him saying that we were the true Hebrews. And the people in the higher level, they called the shots. They were like, you gotta go. And what's interesting to me, you know, before I comment on it being right or wrong. I um, actually teach students who are Black Israelite, and I will tell you, they are a very quiet spectrum of Christianity. Uh, you know, they kind of keep to themselves. I know that most of the, the kids who are Black Israelite, and, and I can only speak from my own parents, hang out with other kids who are Black Israelite, and they seem to be very much focused on school. They're also focused on Black history, Black empowerment, teaching people about parts of Black culture that they might not know or that has been misconstrued in history. I, I know I'm being stereotypical, but I'll tell you, 
most of the black Israelites that I've taught also had dreads, even the even female. So they are very much pro-black. And what's interesting about this happening to Nick Cannon is at the beginning of the protest, when protests had first started, I remember people were coming against Cannon because he was, a picture was taken of him and the Black Lives Matter signs behind him said something like, I'm not going to vote. Or I don't know if anyone can recall the story. I could look it up. But basically he was part of that group of black people that were like, they weren't going to vote as a form of their own boycott. And people were coming down on him for that. So he really has caught a lot of backlash in the past couple months. I do want to go back to last week's episode, Joel, when we were talking about Fourth of July. I actually removed it from the edit because of what happened to Nick Cannon. I wanted to be sensitive about other cultures. But you did mention about how we were Messianic Jews. And I think today, or maybe our next episode, we can touch more on it. But I guess you kind of gave us a little explanation, especially because you're telling us about your students who are Jewish. Yes, I will, just to give you a little background, some churches, and again, I'm talking about denominations, like, you know, there's Baptist, there's Seventh-day Adventist, Presbyterian, Methodist, you name it, right? And some, I guess, you know, I would say he's an evangelist, he's a Baptist, but John Hagee is a perfect example for anyone who's ever watched John Hagee. He focuses a lot on Israel, the fact that in the time of Revelation, Israel is going to rise again, that Jewish people are the chosen people, so on and so forth. And often when they preach, they explain that the reason that Christians should support this these views, that Israel should remain a nation, that Israel in the end will, will rise as God's people, they explain that Christians are connected also to the Jewish faith, that we believe in the Old Testament, but what happens is we also believe in a Messiah. So therefore, you can think of us as Messianic Jews, oh. especially Christians who move in an Orthodox way and actually, you know, try their best because, you know, that's what all Christians are doing, living by faith, but try their best to focus on, you know, following the Ten Commandments, not eating, you know, you know, those who eat leavened bread, those who attempt to keep the Sabbath, so on and so forth. So, so this it, is like, this is like Jewish, Jewish by association? Jewish by association. Or guess what? A person who's born a Jew who becomes a Christian is also a Messianic Jew. I was just going to say, because Messiah, I feel like Messianic is a derivative of I, a Jew that believes in Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, this know. has been going on for a while. I, you guys don't remember when Prince of Egypt came out, how some people had feelings about the fact that the two main characters, the uh, white of Moses was a darker skinned cartoon. You guys don't remember when that came out and people were talking about that? Mm. Yeah, I do. This mm-hmm. goes all the way back down to our first episode and labels, you know? To be honest, like from what I'm hearing, it's like <laughs> Nick Cannon, he kind of did a label and they didn't want us to be a part of his label, part of their label, or they felt as though that he was taking the their label from them instead of combining and connecting and being one it's only there's only room for one in this mm-hmm. type of label you know it just comes down to labels like why labeling is is going to be the end of society you know con- we all can't be in a box when we all are in a, the same oh my box gosh. and connecting to what you're saying Vive, it connects to the book club that men of determination is doing because we started off with an iceberg talking about is there room for opposing voices because now mm. that's what Nick Cannon becomes he just becomes an African-American or just an American period that has an opposing view and we have to ask ourselves are we going to as a nation as a culture constantly cancel people who have different opposite views, you know? views who flow yeah. with the opposite current who are the rebellion well that's mm-hmm. another label because they are they you yeah. call them a rebellion but really they're thinking for themselves they're not thinking with everyone else What's yep. wrong with having 
an opinion. And now it's like people are and we have to having consequences is, for their opinion. Yes, and there is a power in being able to listen to people that don't have the same view as you. There is a power, you know, when I listen to a minister tell you that they travel to a country like China, that is a communist country where Christians are oppressed, but yet and still you can go and understand and see how other people who oppose your view live. We have to be careful of canceling people like Candace Owen. If you don't agree with their views, don't follow them on Twitter. Oh my God, that's totally Amanda Seals post today. But just a quick recap on Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, he was on a podcast with Professor Richard Griffin and they were talking about the state of the country and he said something that was labeled as anti-Semitic, which is offensive to Jewish people. What he said was Black people are the original Hebrews and somebody at Viacom CBS didn't like that comment and removed his whole platform, Team Nick, VH1, MTV, CBS, everything. They also own BET and BET Her. So even the Black channels that people might be promoting thinking that is Black, no, it's owned by a white man and a white man canceled a Black man for saying his truth, okay? And so, realize that they tend to... Tend to, okay. They tend to, um, I was trying to find the, the proper way to say it, that, but what I just want to say is if you look at history, there are a lot of people okay. in Hollywood, you know, this same thing happened to Mel Gibson, so on and so forth. And I think this ties to the conversation that's about to come. How come when Black people say Black Lives Matter, we have to go jump through all these hoops to make you understand it? But one person or a group can say, oh, that comment right there was anti-Semitic. And everyone just automatically agrees. Like, mm, you're right. It's I, because, I, I think it's because Black people don't hold the economic power. Okay. You know? Well, I'll say so, this. We're going to get into that, but we still got to get to the break. Do you want to keep explaining it? Just a little transition before the break. Our question is pro-Black sustainable. You guys can think about that while we go off to the break. It's shot o'clock. Happy Friday. Enjoy your Friday. Take a shot while DJ's go crazy. Well, before I go into the break, I was going to say that I wanted to chime in one more thing with the canon because a lot of, and if you're not comfortable, you don't have to, but none of us said whether we agreed or disagreed. And I will say that I'm not, I'm not big on the Semitics. I don't know too much. So I definitely can't say whether I agree or disagree with his statement on that. But his statement about people who are melanated being savages, I can't understand the mindset. Like if you look at history, it makes sense. But I will also say that him saying that is like, it's pretty extreme. Like I feel like if a, if a white person would have said something similar about black people, they would have also faced consequences. So like, I get it. I almost want to say I agree. Like I get how someone can come up with that, but I don't think that you, you can just like, if a white person was like, oh, black people are such thugs because of this, that, and the third. I was just, and they have, and they would say that. And, and black people wouldn't rise up and, and say, if someone was to say black people throughout history have been savages, I don't think mm -hmm. anyone would come against that. Okay and, okay. and just to piggyback off of what you're saying, you, you caused me to remember a time I visited the Civil Rights Museum in Atlanta. And mm -hmm. the, the person there had to share with me and a group of my students that the truth about Black people throughout history is we've always been a peaceful people. Television makes us look at ourselves differently. Mm -hmm. Almost oh. all the protests Black people have been part of through history have been peaceful protests. Always yes. trying to get more right through peaceful protests. Yeah, I was telling I was telling um, Vivek that some historians say that slavery was mostly started as far as in the Western Hemisphere because of Mansa Musa in Africa. And like the European people, they kept hearing about this Mansa Musa guy. Like, where's this guy with all this money at? So they came to Africa specifically looking for him and his riches. And like, these people are in Africa. Like Mansa Musa was a giving guy. Like he was out giving gold to everywhere he went and not bothering anybody 
party and then next thing you know the europeans come and they want that same thing so this is like what nick cannon is talking about which is why i can understand that like they weren't the most well-off people in history until they had to come and take it from someone else so i get what he's saying but i just don't know if i agree with it being said like that but with that i'll leave it to Bebe. go ahead drop a beat it's shot a clock for me over here 1800 let's get it go ahead not a clock <laughs> give me some knowledge drop some knowledge on the tunes please <laughs> I think part of it is accepting that it's so much beauty in being black. And that's the thing that I guess I get emotional about because I've always known that. I've always been proud to be black. Never wanted to be nothing else. Loved everything about it. Just it's such beauty in, in, in black people. And it really saddens me when we're not allowed to express that pride in being black and that if you do then it's considered anti-white no you just pro-black and that's okay the two don't go together because you celebrate black culture does not mean that you don't like white culture or that you're putting it down it's just taking pride in it but what's irritating is when somebody says you know, they, they are racist. That's reverse racism. Or they have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. So why are you mad at that? Why does that make you angry? That is to suppress me and to make me not be proud. Tuned into the Veta. Let's get back to it. Is that Mama Tina? That yes. was Mama Tina dropping was that, that queen fire, mother? fire. Come on, Queen. Right? I say that all of the music that we play on every one of our episodes, the music ties into the topics that we talk about. And so that was dope. We're not just playing music that you want to hear, even though we are playing music that you want to hear, but it's music that you want to hear that has to do with our conversation. Okay? Fuel the people, DJs Oh Crazy. Fuel the people. Fuel the people with your music and your talents, baby. Okay, sorry. Okay, the drink is good. And that, that was actually just a good connection because again talk about an album when it first came out it, it made you feel uncomfortable like i was like should i tell my white friends about this album because it's real black <laughs> i was letting everybody hear it but I, I don't have that many white friends so i guess it don't really pertain to me i got two white friends we just don't talk at all oh wow i can't take it but let's get back to the conversations um, what's up with that in miami florida you don't got more white friends more latino it's friends not even well. about that i think it's more as in we not in a, a situation to make those new ones. Not saying yeah, you don't. Not you have around. the old I, ones. We have our, I have my old friends, black, white, Hispanic from school and stuff. And, you know, high school, middle school, those social areas where I, I was around to make friends. I'm not in a, a position to be in a social area to make new friends. I still have mm -hmm. my friends. You on don't walk into those McDonald's in Miami, Florida, where they don't even speak English. Not that McDonald's. In Hialeah, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you know, community, I have like a 10 mile radius. I don't go to um, Hialeah. I don't speak in Hialeah. Um, yeah. At La Granja, they only speak Spanish over here. I have yeah. my Hispanic patients. I can speak some Spanish on you. Una cita, un appointmenta, <laughs> mañana. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, we definitely lifting up Miami <laughs> right now. 
with COVID nineteen. You know, hope, hopefully everybody. Yeah. Hopefully, when it's over, now. we can all be friends. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. We're in this together for sure. Yes, sure enough. So the question at hand is: Is pro black sustainable? Can you be okay? So let me let me do a little background. Okay, so this past Sunday, I was at home with my family. We had a little Sunday dinner. It was pretty nice, and you know, we started a new podcast, as you guys all see. And Mama Nancy, Mama Nancy wanted to talk Somebody to butt dialed me from this little dinner party I had, by the way. Oh. Yeah, oh. I was there in the background. Ooh, how- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was probably yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Glad you know. Your butt down me. I cannot. So in this conversation, my mother, I don't want to say that she tried to tell me not to put pro-black in the description. And I don't want to say that she kind of made me doubt saying that the podcast was, you know, unapologetically black. She basically was saying that you don't want to create something that you're going to make people people feel excluded from, specifically talking not Black people. But for me, I was like, they exclude us all the time. How do you think that we felt when the water fountain said whites only, or, you know, we weren't allowed to sit in particular places? So the conversation went on, and that's where we got to this place where we're trying to see if pro-Black is sustainable. Nick Cannon, I love that y'all had that conversation. Yeah. Nick Cannon just got in trouble, so it kind of feeds into my mother's point where, you know, you have to well, be about what you're saying. Saying, who you're offending, mm. who you're promoting, who you're encouraging. You don't want to just encourage one type of people because she didn't say this, but she made it seem as though how successful can your podcast be if you're only catering? I would say like even, I, I love that Mama Nancy was who you had that conversation with because I feel like she represents a generation that tried to be progressive in a, a different way. Like they brought us to this level doing it a different way. Yeah. And, and- I think she did, go ahead, finish. Go no, ahead. go ahead, please. Go ahead. My take on that conversation was more as in, I saw that in your title, the word pro-Black came up. And I think she wanted to open our eyes to limiting, limiting our viewers and listeners. And we'll, we'll come back to but it. I, I, I can give you another example, because we, remember we talked about this one, Vivek, like Black educators rock, right? Mm-hmm. Such an important platform in social media as far as teachers staying connected, being in the know, coming together on, you know, various movements, even voting, like, and the question becomes, are white teachers to be part of Black Educators Rock? Like, does Black Educators Rock just for Black teachers? Or does it mean we're we're rocking and we're supporting Black education, Black Educators Rock? That's the same thing. Does pro-Black mean you're anti-white? Yes. Does and this you know, pro-black it comes down. want white people to come and shop in it? Does it mean that if I have a Black group community that a white person wants to come in and they can't because they're white. Am I going to have a pro-black group and a member who is Caucasian wants to join? Can he not join? Wow. That that one's really a tough question because I struggle with that when it comes to black Greek. And even that, like, uh, should white people support HBCUs? Should they go to HBCUs? Or do I have to, like, have have gone to an HBCU for me, even as a black person, to support an HBCU, to wear the HBCU t-shirt? I I think about all these things. Like, I want to go to the chat because you're said something that I've I've heard plenty of times. 
She says, I don't think. After you do that, I just want to mention something in my chat too. But go ahead, because Yuri made some great points. I think she she was referring to, can we be successful being pro-Black? I don't think it is successful financially, successful financially being pro-Black. And then she says, because we're limited on access to grants and small business loans, and even when we're awarded these funds, the interest rates are extremely higher than our counterparts. So being pro-Black will only get us so far. I think wow, we I can that. we can be about the people and the culture without putting another down. And that's exactly what my mom was saying. A non-Black person can walk into a bank and get a loan at 1% interest. Same company, same financial background. Everything is the same as the Black person walking in behind them who's going to get an interest rate of probably 7%. And why yeah. is that? Because that goes back Back to our the economic power. Like yeah. a non-black person can walk in the bank and that the teller can think, oh, generation wealth. So is in what places do we need to have black at the forefront? Because Wait. I totally get what Yuri and you're saying. I just oh. add one more um, because Sabine on my live said she yeah. does pro-black is sustainable. History shows it is possible, but I will take a collective effort from it. It'll take a collective effort from inside and out outside the black community. That's not going to happen model. tomorrow. It's going to happen. It's going to happen it's not tomorrow. It's going to take more than a night, yeah, more than one definitely. day to build Rome. And in regards to... Black people can't support... Well, well I don't want to get too extreme, but I want black people to start trying to support each other for longer than two weeks. Come on, And I don't people. think... I think the support goes back into our subconsciously. It's like, if I support you, the product is not good as the non-black because yeah, the non-black product probably has a little bit more stuff behind it that they feel comfortable with. You know what Man, I'm saying? Anytime, and, anytime, and anytime you get a black person on your team or to buy something, they got way too many questions. Way too many. They Where think they can the get it from Molly or Sally at better right, quality. Right. That's what Yuri was saying about small business loans and getting access to grants. Why isn't it that we can't open a Black-owned bank? We can't. There's many. We just don't trust them as much as we trust Chase, Wells Fargo, and all of those others. It's the subconscious of what society builds in us. Listen, Val, uh, excuse me, Vivek, you already know, the bank gonna charge you interest fees, overdraft fees, to, to start a business account, so on and so forth. Listen, Daniel try to start something up with um, you know with African Americans and African Americans won't even want there to be an admin fee they won't even want the admin getting paid you know we got to stop this type of behavior and again I think we see this in other forms of media as well and the question I had was in what areas do you feel like we should be pro-black like it should actually stay it on the doors because Man. I know you guys have a background of business and most of the time as Yuri's saying you want to be able to walk in a business and not really be a patron there because it's black own, but because they're just really good, you know? You are tuned into Vivay Talks.